morning, church. You know, um, this, uh, I, I, I look, you know, my body, I know I'm not getting old, but my body says different. You know, and I have to have a, a young guy like Rick Fortin, very young, to move the podium over for me. That's a, that's a sad day. Sad day. Live stream? Yeah, wait, wait. Live stream, I presume you're with us. You always are. You know what? One of the, the only thing I hate about us being back together, which I love, but the one thing I hate about it is I'm not nearly as connected with the live stream community as I was for a while. I've thought about just going ahead when Mike or Alan preaches and just get on my phone out there, you know, and get on the live stream. But I figured they think I was playing a game or listening to a ball game or something, so I, I chose not to do that. And I see us next door. So we're all good. That's great. Let's, um, we're going to start right up this morning with our scripture reading. Ava Bass is going to read our scripture for us this morning. And from what I've been told, Ava is quite the artist. She loves to draw. And I'm thinking, that's a good thing because we need some youngins coming up that, you know, Lindy's not going to live forever. Right? I mean, she might. If anybody could, other than the Lord, you know. But uh, but I think yeah I figure somebody's gonna have to you know fill those shoes someday many years many years from now. But Ava, come on up and uh, read our, our scripture for us this morning. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Thank you, Ava. Oh, good. They've already got them. I was going to say that uh, uh, one of the problems, too, is hearing. And I noticed last week that I had a hard time hearing. So I thought this week we just turn subtitles on now. Okay, now then. Is that better? Yeah, right. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. We, we can't do that. We can't do that. I mean, it would be nice, you know, but I can't. Can't do that. <laughs> oh, man, y'all are easy. I do want to say first, before we get into things this morning, this journey we've been on as Mike and Alan have preached through the book of Acts, has this not been exciting? I mean, come on, i got to give, give, give honor where honor is due. I want to give a, a round of applause for that. Because it has been incredibly, incredibly exciting. And you, and you look at what they did. And I want to look at a particular passage. And, and this passage is from the King James translation We've got to see it from the King James because of the terminology used. I grew up on the King James, so I love it. I have, honestly, I have a little difficulty with it and, and the, the sometimes a little awkward, the awkwardness of it, so I don't use it anymore on a regular basis. Oh, but my goodness, we're going to, and now let me paint the picture for this scenario in Acts 17. Paul and Silas are in Thessalonica. And the people, there's some people that are all fired up about it, but some people are not so happy. And they're staying at this guy's house, and the dissenters have come in. They're trying to find him. And when they got there, they weren't there. But look at this passage. Give me that, that Acts 17 passage, Danny. Oh, there we go. It's already there. 
And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. They turned the world upside down with the gospel. Well, you talk about exciting. I think about a song. Some of you will remember this. Some of you won't. 1992, when it came out, Stephen Curtis Chapman, the song was The Great Adventure. And you may, may or may not. It was a long time ago. I get it. But the chorus of that song said this. Saddle up our horses. We've got a trail to blaze. Through the wide blue yonder of God's amazing grace. Let's follow our leader into the glorious unknown. This is a life like no other. This is the great adventure. And you think about what they did and how they went about doing it. And I want us to contemplate for a few minutes as they, <clears throat> as they turned the world upside down. I want us to think about what they did that in the face of. What they were confronted with as they made this happen. Well, first of all, corrupt, ungodly government. Now, folks, you think about ancient Rome. Rome in the first century is bad news. Bad news in all kinds of ways. Governmentally, look, some of the emperors of Rome... If they looked out there and they saw somebody had something that they wanted, they'd just have them convicted of a crime, executed, and take it. It just doesn't get much more corrupt than that. Listen to this. Edward Watts, in his book, Mortal Republic, How Rome Fell into Tyranny, listen to this. The population of Rome was torn to shreds by partisan gridlock political violence, and pandering politicians. Wow. So that's what, that's what they're up against governmentally. Okay? And, and so, not, and, and look, not only was it corrupt, it's ungodly. I mean, pagan gods all over the place. Matter of fact, what the, what the Christian community came up against was the demand for them to offer sacrifices and to give homage to these pagan gods. Sometimes offer sacrifices and pay homage to the emperor himself. So as they resisted that, as they chose not to do that, they were guilty of, as far as Rome was concerned, of sacrilege and treason. Bad news. Corrupt ungodly government. But, you know what? That's not all they came up against in turning this world upside down. They were also up against a very immoral culture. Hedonistic in a lot of ways. And it was bad news. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but you just go research what it was like in that system and the, the male persona in, in ancient Rome could pretty much do whatever he wanted to do to whomever he wanted to do it. As a matter of fact, sometimes his, his, even his manhood was gauged by these particular acts that he carried out and perpetrated on others. It's horrible. And, you know, so when you have stuff like public bathing, public bathhouses, where people get multitudes gathered to bathe, 
And listen to this. I've got to know something here. This was found inscribed on the walls of certain bathhouses and on numerous different tombs where someone had been buried. This is a quote. <clears throat> Baths, wine, and sex corrupt our bodies, but baths, wine, and sex make life worth living. Well, now, there's a mentality for you. And remember, the church obviously diametrically opposed to that way of thinking in this, in this battle up against this huge conglomerate of Rome. And look at what they're up against. It's bad. It's real bad. But that's not all they were up against. And this is probably pretty familiar. They were up against major persecution. And there's all kinds of different scenes painted as to this type of situation. But we pretty much know a lot of them. But I, but I, you know, and I think about those folks, when I was talking about the government, that are called to sacrifice to or to you know, give homage to. The, look, they were under penalty of pain or death if they did not do that. Now, we know good and well there are places in the world that are still undergoing that type of persecution. But in the face of that, what they do? Turn the world upside down with the gospel. But now here's one you may not know. You know what else they faced? Major pandemic. Malaria. Tuberculosis. Smallpox at one time. Sexually transmitted diseases. Parasitic uh, infections. By the way, those baths, that, that was warm water. And they never changed it out. They, they spent a lot of time cleaning it. Can't imagine the bacteria infestation in a situation like that. Yeah, these were, these were all major problems in ancient Rome. Fought it all the time. And watch. Watch this. This, this blew my mind when I saw this. Did you know? Now, there's a reason for it. I'll tell you why it's so young. But... The average lifespan for a person in Rome in the first century, 22 years. Now, the reason that's so young, 20%, I'm sorry, 28% of children born at that time did not live to see one year old. 28%. Disease was rampant. Hmm. Corrupt, ungodly government, immoral culture, persecution, even pandemic. Hmm. In anything about that strike a chord? In anything about that sound just a little bit familiar? And what they do? They turn the world upside down with the gospel. I'll tell you something they didn't do. And look, look, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody because, you know, they say when you point one, you got three pointing right back at you. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody else, but I'm telling you this. Let me tell you what they did not do. They, didn't sat, they did not sit around and gripe and moan about it. 
You don't see one time where they gripe about the government. They didn't gripe about the persecution. They gloried in it. Now, the immoral culture, they fought it. Absolutely. In all they proclaimed. They didn't gripe about persecution. They gloried in it. And you never heard them talk much about fighting against diseases. Why? Because they were focused on one thing. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what it meant to not only them, but to all these folks out there that didn't have a clue as to what was going on. So, you know, I think the, the question is pretty obvious, is what are we going to do about it? That's what they did. Woo! A great adventure. Turn the world upside down. How about we turn the world upside down all over again? You see, what, we, what we've got to understand is it's in, it's in lousy Terrible circumstances is where the people of God rise to the surface. It's where we have the greatest opportunity to make a statement for the truth of the gospel. Look, one, one verse gives us the breakdown. I think, well, now watch, now watch. I think we're already accomplishing a lot of this stuff with what's going on around us. And I think the live stream is a big part of that. I love what's going on with our live stream because we're reaching people we'd have never reached. Had we not had COVID. So I think that's part of our future when it comes to mission work. But it's not the only thing. I think there's a challenge for us, each of us, individually. And for me, it boils down to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. By the way, Peter, the one who preached the first gospel sermon in Acts 2, right? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Now, did everybody, did you see, is it up there? Good. But in your hearts, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. That, that, right, that verse right there, folks, that can change not only our lives, but it can change the lives of the multitudes in the world around us. And, but let me show you. There's three things that have to happen for that to take place. There's three things that have to happen for that verse to work like it's supposed to. And they're pretty obvious. Number one is you have to have hope. You don't have hope, that verse ain't going to happen through you. And it sounds simple. To say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I got hope. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. I got hope. But do, do we really? You see, for us to actually have hope, we have to actually believe Jesus is risen from the dead. And we can say that and believe it, but you know what? That's not that easy to believe. Now, it is when you understand God, my word, uh, anything. He can do anything. I get it. But for, the, for people out here, it's not so simple to believe. And I'll tell you how I've observed that. If you believe that Jesus is actually risen from the, from the dead, it will change you. It will change who you are. You will never be the same. 
If you claim to believe that Jesus is risen from the dead, if we claim that, and then we find ourselves just living like we have always lived before, we don't believe it. You can't believe that and not be changed. And when we do believe it, you know what? We have hope. We have hope. Because He is risen, we will be risen. So number one, you've got to have hope. Really have it. Number two, you've got to live hope. It's not just, you know, uh, uh, lip service. There we go. It's not just lip service. You can't just talk about it. But here's, here's the good part. If you do really have it, oh, you'll live it. If it's for real, oh, you'll live it. So if you ain't living it, back up a step. you got to have it. And when you do, then you live it. And that's what the unbelieving world will see. And I can't help but, but bring up the, the idea, the thought, the question. And I, I've said this a while back, I think, but I look over the last year, 2020, and, and I hope that's what the world has seen from us, is hope and encouragement. And are reaching out. But man, there's been a lot. I'm sorry, there's been a lot of bickering between believers and non-believers. Guys, there's no reason to get upset with a non-Christian. Why in the world would we get upset with a non-Christian? How in the world can you expect a non-Christian to live like Christ? It's a contradiction of terms. Don't be upset with a non-Christian and the terrible things that they say and the, the things that they do. Don't be upset with them. Be concerned for them. We live it before them. And when we do, in the face of all the garbage, then they'll be able to see something different and say, what in the world? Why, 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 are, you, why are you like this? How can you be this way? How do you live this way? You see, when we live it, then they ask for the reason. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that you have. So you have it, then you live it, then they're, they're going to, it doesn't make sense to them. And so therefore then comes the questioning, what, what, is, what is your deal? How do you do that? Why are you like that? Oh. And then third, you've got to be able to share it. You've got to be able to share it. Where that hope comes from. And let me tell you, I am so, so thankful to be a part of a church that has focused in on sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ year after year after year. But if you've ever wondered about, well, you know, I've never, I never really got that chance to, well, you need to start living it. I mean in such a way that the non-believer can see the difference. So in the face of corrupt, ungodly government, immoral culture to the max, persecution, oh, and there's already some, and there's others coming, and even pandemic, what do we do? We have hope, 
We live hope. And we share hope. And whether they realize it or not, you know as well as I do, hopeless people are, are begging to find some hope. They just might, know, not, they might not know exactly where it's going to come from yet. When they see if we have it, then they can find it as well. And you know what will happen? I believe with all my heart, we turn the world upside down again, all over again. Like it was in the first century. So, you with me? You with me on that? I'm telling you, it is so simple, but it is so powerful. Jesus died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. And that is our source for hope. We know that. Let's live that and let's share that with whomever we come in contact with. Let's pray. Father, help us to trust you. Help us to trust you enough to know that if we'll just follow your leadership, follow your direction, and take it and run with it. This indeed is a life like no other. This is a great adventure. You've given us amazing purpose. Uh, You've given us amazing promise. And as, as as we grasp that and understand it more and more, Father, I ask you this. I pray that you will provide us with opportunity. I pray that for each one of us, you'll give us opportunity to come in contact with someone that so desperately needs to know about about the hope found in your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that in that opportunity that you give us, that we respond accordingly and we're able to share from the heart this amazing life that we have this life of hope that you've granted us, that you have granted us. And we say thank you. Thank you so much for rescuing us from ourselves. And I pray that we'll, able, we'll be able to impart that to others who still def- desperately need the same thing. Father, help us to turn the world upside down all over again as we proclaim hope found in the gospel of your son Jesus. In his name we pray. Now, if you've got a need of any kind, we welcome you. This is when we have our invitation. We welcome you to, to respond. And, and let's take on this battle together. As we take the great commission that was read by Ava to the world. If you have a need, why don't you come in as we, uh, as we stand and sing.